Baba Kama Daf Yodbet. The last thing we're discussing was a whole bunch of statements Ula said in the name of Rabbi Azar. The last one being that a creditor can extract payment from a debtor, even from his slave. And Ula said in the name of Rabbi Azar that it goes for even from the Atomim. So a creditor could even take an Ivid out of the Atomim. And that argued on Rav Nachman. So there was a mahluket uh, with Rav Nachman and Ula. Mahluket Rishonim, what exactly was the mahluket? And with that, we're going to start Yudbet Amud Aleph, third line in, which says, Hava Uvda bin Hardi'a. There was a story in Hardi'a. There was a case, Ve'agabu Dayanin, Dayan Hardi'a. And the Dayanim of Hardi'a, they took Avadim uh, away from Yatomim. Their father owed money, and they took away the Yatomim. They gave it to the creditor. Same idea of There was a story in Pumpadita of Agber of Hanabar Bizna, and of Hanabar Bizna took the slave away from the Tomim, and Amar Lehu Rav Nahman, and Rav Nahman told those Dainim, Zilu Hadur, go give it back. Vi Lomagbina Lehu, Lapadnaikon, if not, I'm going to take away your houses away from you. Now, by the way, there's a fascinating point of view from Rav Nahman's story. He didn't tell the, the, the creditor, go give back the slave or give back the land. He didn't do that. He told the Beitin, you go fix this mistake, otherwise I'm going to make you pay for it. And the Rishonim learned from here that if a Beitin made a mistake, you can't just go fix on your own. Beitin has to go back and explain that we made a mistake and fix the problem. Otherwise, a side rabbi can't just go fix it. So now, look, Rabbi, we have Ula, we have Haribil Azar. You have uh, all these rabbis, they hold that slaves are like uh, a land when it comes to this halakha. And more came on severe Rabbi, who do you hold like? So Amar Le, explained I know a Mishnah. That Mishnah holds that a slave is like movable objects. The Tanea Bimi, Prusbul Hal Al Kraka, Vinoa Hal Al Avadim. Everyone knows at the end of the Shemitah years, all loans get canceled. But if someone has a Prusbul document that says everything that uh, people owe me is is going to go to Betin, and Betin is going to like appoint him as the messenger to pick it up, that's a Prusbul that was set up. The Prusbul works only on land, but not on slaves. Meaning the lender could go pull out uh, land, but he cannot pull out slaves. Because we're understanding that slaves is like a mobile object. We have another halacha that movable objects get bought with land, but they're not they're not acquired with slaves. So if I acquire a house with a chair inside, I get both. But if I'm acquiring the slave, I don't get the slave with the chair that he's sitting on. So here's two dinim that slaves and is not like land and Rav Dahman holds like that so like my says so maybe this idea that if slaves is considered like uh, land or not or are they considered like movable objects let's say it's a we have one right that says if someone sold his friend slaves and land if he took possession of the slaves he did not acquire the land and if he acquired the land if he took a possession of the land he didn't he didn't take possession of the slaves however if it's land and movable objects if he took possession of the land he acquired the movable object 
clean, if he took possession of the movable objects, he didn't acquire, he didn't acquire the land. Slaves and movable objects. If you took possession of one, you didn't acquire the other one yet. The problem is, we have another bright If you uh, took possession of the slaves, you acquired the movable objects. My love, back isn't the mahlukin between these two brightot is that the more savar the second brayta held that avadim kemekarkaida slaves are like land um more savar avadim kemetaltelindame and the and the first brayta held that slaves are like movable objects and that's why they you're not kone the movable objects with the slaves so the Gemara says no everyone's going to say that slaves are like land whoever taught that you could acquire slaves and movable objects I understand him and the first Brayta that said you have to say that according to him it's really because it has to be because we need land that are fortified in Yehuda, things that don't move. Ditnan, and, and the Gemara explains itself. Movable assets are acquired with real estate. Bikesef bisharu bahazaka with either money, with a contract, with uh, taking possession. How do we know this? Because Amar Hiskia explained that Amar Kira, the Pasuk says, He gave them all these movable objects like silver, gold, all these different types of things with the land, meaning you're acquiring all these objects with the land. And, and this land was fortified, not movable cities. So and some say that everyone will tell you that that slaves are like movable objects. the first Baita that said you're not kone Shapir, I understand it. And Hadithanya and the second Baita that said Kana that you could acquire movable objects with slaves, that's if the movable object is on the slave. So you're kone with a kinyan agav, one with the other. One is on top of the other, and you acquire both. So the Gemara says, "Bechi odan alav mayaves." So okay, one's on top of the other. Who cares? Hatzer mehalecheti. It's a moving uh, yard. The hatzer mehalechet lokana, and a move, moving yard it does not acquire whatever's on it. Vechitema beomed. If you want to tell me that he, the slave, is not moving, and that's why it acquires. Vehamarava calls sheilu mehalech lokana, omed veyoshev lokana. Raba said, if 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 something is movable, then even when it's stagnant, when it's not moving, it's still not uh, kone. You still not acquire whatever's on it. And the Gemara ends up, No, what Ravi Ka was talking about was where the slave was tied down and it's impossible for him to move. And then you put something on him, okay, you acquire both. Now, the Gemara has a question. We have a Brayta that says, if someone uh, uh, took possession of the land, he acquires the slaves. So the Gemara explains, Hatam again, Be'omdin betocha. Over there, we're talking about a situation where the slave is inside of it. Miklal dehai lokana she'en omdin betocha. It sounds like the Braita that said that if someone acqu- uh, took possession of the land and he didn't acquire it, it's when the slaves are not inside. The problem is, Hanihal lehachlishna de'amarav ika beredav ami. 
I understand according to the second thing that Rav Ikabere de Ravami said that that slaves are like movable objects. Then Hainu de Iom in ilo lo. Now I understand if the slaves are inside of it, okay, the Kenyan works. And if not, if they're not standing inside of it, then it doesn't work. But according to the first explanation where he said, that slaves are like land. Why do they need to be inside? But then Shmuel said, If someone sold, his friend land he sold he sold them 10 lands in 10 different countries so let's say he had properties all over the uh, world and he sold them all of them once you acquired one of them you acquired all of them you don't need to do a hazak on each one one of them is good enough so if that's the case and we're saying that land and slaves is the same thing then why do the slaves have to be inside the land the Chorah, if you're, you're buying one, you should be able to buy the slave wherever he is. But the Gemara pushes back. But according to you, you want to say that slaves are like land. But according to the language that says slaves are like movable objects, why do you need to be inside? But didn't we say that movable objects don't need to be piled up in the land? Really, what's the, what's the reason? You have to say there's a difference between movable objects that move around like slaves to movable objects that don't move. The idea is that movable objects are acquired with land because they're really nothing. You're showing that they're batel when it comes to the land. But when the object can move around and has power and has a mind of its own, then you can't say that. And that's why the Gemara says, "Hachinam." You got to say over here also, "Shani According to the answer that slaves are like land, you have to say there's a difference between land that moves and land that doesn't move. Avda You have to say that a slave is movable land, and therefore he's not considered part of the ground, and therefore he needs to be inside. Otherwise, it, you can't acquire it. And hatam in regards to the ten lands and all over the world, sadnad arahadhu. The land is all considered one. All the land all over the world is all stuck to one big clump of earth. Therefore, when you acquire one, you acquire all of them. Meaning they're all stuck down and then you acquire it uh, together. Next, we learned in the Mishnah, one is liable only for damages that are not kadosh, that if I use them for my own personal use, it would be considered misusing kodesh. And only then, if someone damaged something that's not Kodesh, then you would be obligated to pay. So now, the Gemara understands, It sounds like there's no Me'ila, but there's still some sort of Kodesh. It means we're talking about some sort of low-level Kedusha, that if I misuse them, it's not considered Me'ila. So, who's the who holds that? So, we're talking about low level Kadashim that don't have Me'ila. And it's according to Rabbi Yosei the Amar, he said that low level Kadashim are Mamon Ba'alimhu. It's the money of the owner. Meaning they belong, they're the assets of the owner. You're right, they're Kadosh, but they, they're still technically owned by the owner. And therefore, someone damaged it, it's still a re'ayahu, and he would be uh, liable for the damage. The tanya, 
we have a Brayta in regards to Shivuat HaPikadon. If someone told his friend to watch over something, he's a Shomer over it, and the Shomer wants to keep it, and he lied about it under oath, and then afterwards he admitted to it, so now he has to give back whatever he swore on. He has to add a fifth to it. So let's say he was holding a cow, or the cow's worth a thousand, a thousand plus another fifth. And on top of that, he has to give a korban for lying under oath. So when discussing that, the pasuk says, Hashem." It misused something that was on a high level to Hashem. Lerabot kadashim kalim. We're coming to add kadashim kalim that if I give, uh, let's say, a behemoth animal that was low level kadashim to my friend to watch and he lied about it, that he shehen mamonots, really my money, and therefore if he lied about it, he would have to give me principal plus a fifth plus a korban. And all this is the very Rebiyosi Galili, And you see, according to Rebiyosi Galili, low-level Kadashim, there, there is, even though there is Merila, uh, it's still considered the assets of the original owner. The Gemara has a question. If someone mekadesh a woman with the part that he got from a korban, so let's say he got a nice rib steak from a korban, and he gives it to a woman haret mekudeshetli with this rib steak. Ben bekadshe kadashim, ben bekadashim kalim ena mekudeshet. The Mishnah says whether it's low level or high level kadashim, she is not mekudeshet. It sounds like this Mishnah is not like Rabbi Yossi according to Rabbi Yohanan. The Gemara responds, You could even say that is going according to Rabbi Yossi because When did Rabbi Yossi say that Kadashim Kalim is really owned by the owner? That's while they're still alive. Before it was given as a korban. Once uh, the shahita was done, I feel Rabbi Yossi even Rabbi Yossi admits that when the Kohanim get their part, they're getting it already from the table of Hashem, meaning it's already considered uh, holy, and at that point it is not owned by the owner. The way Rashi brings it down is the part that the owner gets from the Korban or the part that the Kohen gets from the Korban, it, it's not considered theirs anymore. It's, it's like HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, uh, but Hashem is letting you eat it, and therefore you cannot be Mekadesh. Um, Tosfot argues on Rashi in the aspect that the owner can be Mekadesh a woman with his part of the Kodashim that he received. Even if it was after Shachita, interesting sugiya. Now, the Gemara has a question. Now, wait a second. Did Rabbi Yossi really say that Kadashim Kalim belonged to the owner while it's still alive? And that's it. Once the Shachita was done, it doesn't belong to the owner. We learned in regards to a Bechor, firstborn animal that you have to give to the Kohen. You're only allowed to sell it when it's a Tam Hai, when it's the Bechor is complete, not wounded, and it's still living. And if it was wounded, you're allowed to sell it while it's alive or after it was uh, slaughtered. And uh, Kohanim could use it to be Mekadesh, a woman with it. We're only talking about nowadays when there's no better Mikdash. You can't give it as a Korban anyways. The Kohanim have some sort of ownership in it. In the time of the Beit HaMikdash, when you're supposed to give it on the Mizbeah, no. Now, and Rabbi asked a question to Avnachman. It says in the Pasuk, You misuse uh, one of the Kodashim of Hashem. 
It's coming to add low-level Kadashim that really belong to the owner, according to Rabbi Yisrael It sounds like that Kadashim Kalim are considered the owner's assets, they're considered the owner's money, even during the time of the Beit HaMikdash, when they're supposed to be given on the Mizbeach. So why is Rav Nahman saying that when it comes to the Bechor, there's a difference in Bechor nowadays, Bechor the time of the Beit HaMikdash? responded, no, we're talking about Bechor Bechutz La'aretz. We're talking about Bechor outside of Eretz Sail, even during the time of the Beit HaMikdash. That's what Rabbi Yosei was talking about. And that's why he held it, uh, it belongs to the owner, because it's not going on the Mizbeach anyways, because it's a Bechor outside of Israel, not going to go on the Mizbeach. And it goes according to Rabbi Shimon, the Amar, in Ba'u Temimim, Rabbi Shimon held, if the Bechorot came from outside of Israel to Israel and they're complete, not, no wounds, then Yikarbu, they can be given on the Mizbeach. In Ba'u, only if they came in, then you give them on the Mizbeach. Lechat Hila, lo, you don't give it on the Mizbeach. Now, here's the main question. Ve'im ita, now if we, ho- we held like Rabbi Yohanan, that when Rabbi Yossi said it's, uh, it's the owner's assets, that's only while it's still alive, not after Shechita. Lishni, let Rabbina explain that ha Rabbi Yossi and ha Rabbanan, the Braita, in regards to the Shomer who lied under oath, uh, that it belongs to the owner, that's Rabbi Yossi And the Mishnah that said, you're allowed to be Mekadesh with the Bechor, and of the Haman said it's talking about Bechor today. Say that's, cor- that's according to Rabbanan. They held a low level Kadashim, it belongs to Kadosh Barchun. That's why you can't be Mekadesh. The fact that Rabbina didn't say that, you have to say that Rabbi Yosegeli holds that it's always the owner's assets before or after Shechita. And it could be that Hachamim only argued with him after Shechita, but uh, before Shechita, they agree with him that it belongs to the owner. So the Gemara explains, Amalach, Rabbina would tell you, no, Rabbi Yosegeli holds that Kadashim, Kalim, low-level Kadashim, uh, belong to the owner only while they're alive. And the question you ask is not a question because matnot kiuna kamat. You're bringing me a sugya from matnot kiuna. The gifts are supposed to give kohanim. Shani matnot kiuna. It's different. Even Rabbi Yossi would agree over there that they don't belong to the owner, even from even when they were still alive. Because when you're giving gifts to the kohen, even while they're still alive, it's not theirs completely. They're getting it from Hashem's table. And that's why Rabina couldn't say, oh, this one's Rabbi Yossi Agadli and that one's Rabbanan. And we will stop right here. Baruch Hashem Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.